It's the Sleepers Podcast. We are here on a new week, uh, Monday, November 13th. We're recording this Sunday night, though, which means Carter Elliott is in his Honolulu blue, and he's looking and feeling like a winner. Victory. I mean, 7-2, and two, walked up in the Chargers crib, walked up in SoFi, saw a lot of blue, heard a lot of Let's Go Lions chants, and we won a shootout against Justin Herbert. That is something that you can feel good about. A lot of teams play shootouts with Justin Herbert, and they lose. We can win different ways, Gregory, and we are winning different ways. And we're seven. We we are fans of a football team that is seven and two. Like, think about that for a second. We are seven and two. Seven and two with a lot of winnable games left. Not too far ahead, but like, I'm just really scoping out. Like, we might have multiple home playoff games. Not to get ahead of myself. It's really exciting stuff. Uh, by the way, how would you like to respond to the allegations that uh, this was a flu game for you today? Uh, I mean, it ain't an allegation. I'll let it be known straight up right now, everyone. Uh, I went to an Albion college wedding. First of all, congrats to Allison Palm and Joe on their marriage. The wedding was great, but it was an Albion wedding. And anybody who knows Albion or has been to Albion or knows anything about Albion, an Albion wedding goes exactly how you think it would go. And you know what? I'm not Albion Carter anymore. And I tried to get back in that bag and that bag chewed me up and spit me out. And I'm not feeling the best right now, but it's okay. Tried to operate a crane. I, I, there are some allegations out there that I did try to operate a crane. Yes. Uh, yeah. By like allegations, do we mean like there is visual photo evidence that you sent me? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. It looked great. Uh, yeah. Shout out to to Allison and Joe. Congratulations, guys. Great wedding. Um, I would like to start the show by saying a quick thank you to both you and to our good friend, Riley Davis. I did not join for the Riley Friday episode, but, uh, from the looks and the sounds of it, you couldn't really tell it was a, uh, a fantastic episode. I thought the two of you crushed it. And I had a fantastic time listening to that episode, by the way, like first time in a very long time, I've like hit the treadmill and press play and not known what's coming from a sleepers episode. It was a really refreshing feeling and uh, not to toot our own horn, but I can see why people like listening to you, Carter, like you're a pretty good <laughs> podcaster. It's nice. Hey, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. But y- y'all held it down for real. I, uh, yeah. If anyone wondered where I was, I was hosting after dark the night before. And uh, I also just like needed a, a breather day. Like I was texting Carter and Riley, both individual of like, I'm not in a great headspace. Is there any way you guys would run this without me? And the two of them stepped up really well. So uh, kudos to you. You guys crushed it. And this is a big week now as we look forward. Some big things are happening. We got the Gavit games this week. We got the Champions Classic. The conference or uh, the non-conference schedules are heating up. You and I are going to be in Chicago. We have one credential. So we're going to be playing one-on-one in Chicago for the credential, the day of the game. And then the, the loser is going to have to either watch it at the Airbnb or at like a sports bar or something. It should be electric. Um, I can't wait. A lot of fun stuff going on. Trilly Donovan's shouting me out in tweets right now. Uh, Daily Picks had its first sweep yesterday. And you and I just met for 45 minutes before we clicked record on this with a business meeting that concluded in a plan called hashtag revenge plan. (laughs) And once again, I know I've been saying this on the last couple episodes, but people who have gone head to head or made enemies of the sleepers, they seem to they seem to fade away. They seem to tail off, tuck the tuck their tails, one might say. So, you know, prayers up to anybody who's on the other end of this one. But we got a plan, and good lord, we're gonna execute. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Uh, let's start with comments. How about your YouTube comment of the day? Where do you want to go? 
Is it okay if I just take a, a general positive one? Please. Okay. Uh, this this was on. This came from five five detract. This has become my favorite podcast for college basketball. You guys are great. LOL. And it got two and oh sorry, it got three thumbs ups too. So that means that three people agree with that comment. So thank you. I feel like we've actually picked up some new listeners as the season has gone or the season has started. So for any of the new ones out there, appreciate y'all listening. Enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. Uh, so I'll go with that comment for today. Love it. That is a nice influx of positivity. That uh, I, I you know what? Honestly, if there's one intention that I have this week, Carter. It's to have a nice positivity filled week. I could really use that after uh, last week in general. So I'm going to work on that. I'm going to do my part. And uh, I appreciate anybody who's listening and watching and leaves a comment like that, showing us some love. Trust me, it's greatly appreciated when it's mixed in with some of the the not so happy stuff. Let's go to our Discord, by the way. Uh, Again, a bunch of people keep joining the Discord. Not everybody keeps joining to pay for the Discord. You tried to do some recruiting, it sounds like. You hit up some profiles and got exactly zero returns from that. I I got zero returns. Not even like anybody just responding and being like, no, I'm good. Like nothing. Not a thumbs up, not a reaction. Absolutely nothing. Does that mean you're a bad recruiter? Is that what this is? You know, I'm I'm more of an in-house guy. I'm like a self. Like once I once I get in your living room and I'm shaking grandma's hand, like you'll commit. But uh, I'm not I'm not the best uh, online. That's 100 true. Also, off the record, you meet this man in person within 10 minutes, you'll say you want him in your wedding party. That's what happened to me. Uh, so yeah, I uh, whatever. It, that's okay. I like to see new names in the Discord. I wish they would join and pay because uh, support helps us in a lot of ways right now. I will give just everybody who cares a quick update. Last week was the best week as far as performance goes, numbers-wise, in Sleepers Media history. That goes for the YouTube channel and views, knocked it out of the park, uh, nearly doubled the best we've ever done. That also goes for Apple and Spotify as far as listens go. More people listening to the show than ever before. It's exciting. It feels really good. Uh, At the same time, I think I've talked about it, I'm struggling financially right now. I don't know how much longer this is going to go point blank. Uh, Like if, if I need to go back and get like a real full-time job that doesn't allow me the flexibility to podcast every day, who knows where this goes is the point. So uh, those of you that do support this financially know that you are quite literally keeping the lights on right now. And that's not lost on me. And it really does mean the world. And uh, if you are a listener of this who regularly listens and enjoys the show, now would just be a really genuinely great time to maybe contribute that $9.99 a month. So link to join the Discord in the description of every video we do. Uh, make sure you join and then actually process the payments so that you can get full access to the Discord, which also includes free access to my dub club. Carter, we're winning money over in the dub club one weekend. Some good results over there. So uh, things are rolling, as we said. Let's get to comments from the Discord. Tristan Freeman was excited that we dropped this at 2 in the morning on Friday, by the way. Uh, that led to him and Guy kind of going back and forth on their bedtimes. That was an interesting conversation. Matt F says, tell Riley that we're retiring cheeks and we're hiring buns as a new description. Absolute banger. Yeah, that, that that's a fact. I'm all like, I, I like the description of a player is bun. Something is bun besides cheeks. Uh, speaking of the comments, by the way, how did you like the one sentence thing? Should we implement that for this episode too? Were you a fan of the one sentence? Rule? I think we have to for the sake of time, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's run that back then. I forgot. Okay, so one sentence to Matt F about buns over cheeks. I love both. 
you've always been a buns guy. Travis Nelson says, I enjoy the bit of Carter finding things out on the fly because Greg doesn't tell him in advance, except we all know it isn't actually a bit. I'm I'm glad that you guys enjoy that because I genuinely do not like it. Shout out to Riley for playing along. That was not a bit. That's really how it went down. Riley committed to hosting. I said, let's not tell Carter. The results were great. Also, I had to cut something from the episode that Riley doesn't want anyone to know that happened. But the the actual entrance to the episode of just the two of them, funniest thing I've ever seen. It was fantastic stuff. Maybe we'll share that in the Discord, honestly. Little uh, little yes. plug for the Discord. Coy says, who is better, Carson Beck or J.J. McCarthy? J.J. McCarthy. Zero attempts in the second half is a bad look. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, a month ago, we would have done a whole segment on this because it was the offseason and we were doing a lot of college football talk. It's a really bad look for the quote-unquote best quarterback in school history. Yeah, but I'm still picking him. That's fine. Really bad look. Uh, Matt F. said, give us your biggest, largest, loudest week one overreactions. Mm. Michigan State's not as good as people thought them to be. The Big Ten will get five teams in the NCAA tournament. I like that one. How stinky does the Big Ten look so far? Well, there you go, Matt F. That's my answer. It's horrible. We're going to do a whole segment on it later. It, this is as bad as it's ever been. Yeah, it's awful. Like god awful. Really bad. The the overreaction bot, by the way, that Koi installed uh came in and flagged Matt F. That was hilarious. So Matt F gave the finger emoji. We love that. <laughs> Trent Frazier is goat says, is Purdue like the only objectively good team in the Big Ten? Uh no. I think the Big Ten's bad, but I don't think they're the only objectively good team. I think Purdue is the only objectively good team in the Big Ten. Can I admit to you that I don't know what they mean by objectively good? No brainer. That's a good team. 100% of the time, that's a good basketball team from now through the end of the season. Oh, I still put Michigan State there, but we'll let it rock. I think the only other team you can argue right now is Illinois. I think you can argue that Illinois is objectively good, even with their struggles. But uh, no, I don't think you can argue Michigan State is no-brainer a good basketball team you can't argue michigan is no-brainer good basketball team it's a mess and those are two of the best like the two teams we just named that are our teams might literally be the third and fourth best teams in this conference everybody else stinks everybody else stinks uh ulamog says sleeper of the week goes to melba she'll trash talk your team in one message and then try to make you feel better in the next she's got the range and keeps the vibes high in the discord round of applause for melba uh we really do have a great community, man. I love that a new person gets sleeper of the week every single week. Yeah, I do. And also, what a description of Melba, because like that's exactly what it is. Like She'll let you know that Michigan State has only made three threes for the whole season, and that I'm a worthless fan of Michigan State, and then follow it up with, have a good day. You know, something, something along those lines. It's two threes for the whole season. Jesus, man. Will Cheddar made double the amount of threes your team has made on the season last game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gl- everyone get this out of your system now because I received like five or six texts on Friday of everyone naming random players on college basketball teams who have outshot my team as a whole. Like I got a text from Eli saying that Wilhelm Bredenbach, Breed Bradenbach, whatever his name is, has hit more threes himself as Michigan State has this whole season. 
put some respect on our handsome king, Wilhelm Breedenbach, for the record. Uh, this is a pro Wilhelm podcast. Thank you to everybody in the comments. We appreciate it. I think that uh, that rhythm felt good to me. I think that was like one and a half sentences per question, but I liked where we're at. What's in that cup, by the way? Is that a nice cold Aquafina? Yeah, this is water. Not Aquafina. Aquafina is one of the worst waters next to Dasani. This is just straight up off the Brita. Okay. Love that you're a Brita household. That's very nice. Hey, let's get to our topics card. Again, thanks to everybody that just Discord. Join the Discord. Uh, I want to start with my program. We got a couple of topics for my program because Michigan has a really big game tonight. But before that, some news from the weekend. They got a big recruit. Kahani Roots Mm -hmm. is Michigan bound. Uh, This is a big time wing prospect that has a very high ceiling that uh, friends with Doug McDaniel, by the way, I know there's been many a joke through the years from your expense of like, well, you better hope Doug's not too good because Kansas is going to come calling. One Mm -hmm. of Doug's best friends supposedly just committed to Michigan. I think that bodes really, really well. Uh, This is a fringe four or five star, depending on who you ask, 29th ranked player in the country, according to 24-7. He had offers from Florida State, from Georgia, from Virginia Tech, and from Michigan. Uh, No offense to any schools on that list. One thing that has always stood out to me about Kahani, this was a winnable recruitment. That's not the type of recruitments that Jawan Howard has spent a lot of time on through the years. So Connie Ruth joins a recruiting class that currently consists of Fat Fat Brooks and Christian Anderson, who I know a lot of jokes have been made about Christian Anderson through the I, years. I thought Christian, I thought Christian Anderson was 2024. Are you sure he's he's 2025? Uh, I believe so. Am I wrong on uh, that? You, I, I swore Anderson was 2024, but I, I might be wrong on that. I'm going to look this up right now because I swore they're all in the same class together. Uh, they are in the same class together. The class right okay, now as it stands is, is Christian Anderson, three-star, 111th in the country. Fat Fat Brooks, 155th, three-star in the country. Kahani Roos now the uh, the blue chip in the class. I What I was going to say about Christian Anderson, a lot of jokes made at his expense. Do you know what he's shooting he's at Oak Hill right now? I, I, you want to hear an overreaction from me? I'm not joking. Like, if you squint really, really hard, you get, I get Trey Young vibes from him. I mean, he's smaller than him, but like the way he plays and shoots the ball, it's, yeah, like it's, 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 it's not, he's, he's, uh, he's definitely better than what it was. You said 111th. Yeah. So the, the yeah, thing, there, there's no, there's no way he's the 111th best player in the country. The thing with kids like this is supposed to be a Connie Roos video. We'll get to that in a moment. But the thing with kids like Christian Anderson is if their entire game is shooting and like craftiness and they find their spots and they just make these heroic shots, you could either be Trey Young or you could be Foster Lawyer, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. that that was Foster on paper. It was like, oh, we don't know how it works, but it works. And then he got to Michigan State and it just didn't work, right? Uh, Trey Young, like obviously he's Trey Young. Now he's an NBA superstar. So it worked. Christian Anderson's probably somewhere in the middle between Trey Young and Foster Lawyer. But uh, yeah, like if you squint at Trey or you squint at Steph Curry, you see Trey. I think saying you squint at Trey, you see Christian is kind of a fair thing right now. And I am salivating at the concept of like, it's small, but Doug McDaniel, Christian Anderson on the same team mm-hmm. with like Terrace Reed front court, Kahani Roots. Like I, that's a really fun basketball team, but we're here to talk about Kahani himself though. He's the blue chip in this class. You're our recruiting expert at sleepers media enterprises. Uh, what do you like about Kahani's game or what do you dislike about Kahani's game? So uh, I'll start by saying this. Don't take this disrespectfully at all, because I truly mean this as a compliment. One of the 
good things that I have seen. And I haven't watched a lot of Kahani. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to act like I've I've been following him for a very long time. Once he committed to Michigan or once it was rumored that he was, which I believe started last week, I kind of started to dive into some film of him. And I mean this in the most sincere way possible. Like he's just, he's solid, but like he's solid in the fact that he's just like good. He's good at everything. I really think like, I think I'm not saying he's like, he excels at one thing necessarily. I just think that he, you know, plays and does a little bit of everything and plays the game extremely well and solid. And for him, I think the fit is great as well. Uh, Even as a Michigan state fan, I do have to admit that like, if I'm a six, eight wing that wants to be an NBA player, Michigan has been, had a great track record of taking those guys and having one or two years and then putting them in the NBA. Like that's it. You know, I don't want to overreact and be like, oh, it's like Kentucky sends guards to the NBA. But Michigan has a has a chance or has the has the say to say that they get these six, eight wing type players and they get them to the league, basically. So I think he'll fit extremely well with the team, Um, you know, and like you said, looking forward, looking down the line, you would have what junior year, Doug, or senior year, Doug, by that time, Uh, junior year, Doug. Junior, yeah, so you have junior year, you have junior year, Doug. Uh, Terrace is still there. Like that's a good three right there. And then who who knows what else is going to be in the fold? But yeah, real solid pickup for Michigan. Uh, I also put my little tinfoil hat on and started thinking some other things. Like the IMG to Michigan thing is real. Darius Acuff currently at IMG. I mean, uh, obviously they got Fat Fat and uh, Christian Anderson in that class, but. You know, Acuff himself is probably one of the better guards in the country. So definitely a good pickup for Michigan. Uh, and they didn't give us a, a chance to slander them either. Because if y'all lost a recruiting battle to Georgia Tech, I would have some words. Yeah. Um, I like Connie's game. I'll say this. I, I think he's a very good player. I think no matter where he went, like that's a, a commit you take and get excited about if you're a fan. Um, I don't think like on paper there's – as much to point to with Kahani Roots as there has been with some of the other blue chip Jawan Howard recruits. He's the third highest recruit they've gotten in the Howard era. Uh, the two ahead of him were Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate. Obviously both not great college players in year one, but both one and done now playing in the NBA. Um, and I think a- as a prospect, those guys coming out were more blue chippy to me. Even if Musa was kind of like a riser, you weren't really sure. Like, Caleb was like, oh, blue chip, he's an NBA shooter. Musa was like, athletic freak. He's raw, but whoa, he can do a lot. Uh, Kahani Roots is more like just solid, like you said. Like he can do everything well, maybe nothing great. And I think like a player ranked between 20 and 30 that doesn't have an NBA skill right away, probably one of the more valuable recruits you can get, right? Because he might not be a one and done not to play that game, but like he just might not be. I don't think he's going to be a guy that comes to Michigan and is the featured first option right away, even if Juwan's done a really good job featuring that position. So um, I do think he's an instant impact. Like I'd be surprised if he doesn't start on the wing in year one for Michigan. You mm-hmm. look ahead. This is the more important part of this commitment to me. Juwan Howard has had health issues. Heart surgery is no joke. All off season. There were a lot of jokes and a lot of questions that were very warranted thrown his way about how long is he going to be here? Mm -hmm. Suddenly there's a core that's worth being here for. 
both from Jawan Howard's standpoint, but also from Michigan basketball standpoint of how do they view their head coach? Like if I'm Michigan administration, not saying they were ever like out on Jawan, but now all of a sudden with Doug McDaniel, the way he started this season and Terrace Reed and Namari Burnett back, you add Connie Roots, like this is a group that on paper should be really good a year from now. And there's a lot of promise and a lot of reason to believe like, oh, it, Michigan's problems were a one and a half year blip. That wasn't who Juwan Howard is. And I think that really, really matters because on the whole, in a small sample size of his short career at Michigan, on the whole, he's been an elite recruiter. He, he's had good basketball teams, even with last year's team being a huge disappointment. So to me, this is a commitment that is like, oh, Juwan's still in this because I was having my questions before Kahani committed of like, the only guys he's signed are three-star guards that no one's getting excited about. Like George Washington III was the only guy he got the class before this. And he only got him because Ohio State let him decommit. So now this is one like, oh, he, he went out and won a recruitment and there's some momentum back. And I think that really matters for the program. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you can't compare it to like what Tom Izzo did, but like people were saying, is is Izzo like gonna give up? Like, is Izzo done being that recruiter that he was? Izzo kind of fizzle, fizzling out, I guess the term was used, and then he bounces back with the number three class. Now, Juwan didn't bounce back like that, but you can tell like he's still he's still in it. He like he still got it. This was one of those like he still got it, and I think he can kind of you know put that feather in his cap. Getting kind of, but I, I'm a little higher on Kahani than I think you are. Like to really? me, yeah, he strikes me as like I'm trying to think of like prototypical college guard or college wings. He's like one of those wings that he's not gonna be your best player, but he'll be like all over draft boards. And like that's why people like him. Like, cause he has a size and they'll be like, that's a wing we can put with our team now. And like he'll be he'll be like really good. He's not he doesn't have to be our star player, but if I can get Kahani Roofs at 18th in the first round I'll take him and put him with a team that's already pretty solid they just need a piece like him I could I could see him even not having like huge stats being a one and done first round NBA draft pick I think wow okay yeah I uh I I would not be shocked if it happens I would be surprised but I like you saying that and uh more importantly it'll be really interesting whenever they reintegrate Juwan to this year's team um it's going to be interesting for me to watch how they play because through two games, small sample size, they are great in transition. And Jawan has never wanted to run in transition when he's been at Michigan. I don't know if this is a Phil Martelli thing. If this is like Jawan gave him his blessing and now here we are. Like, But D Doug McDaniel looks excellent in transition. And he's got Kamwa running the break with him. And Namari, like everyone's just in the right spots, making the right plays, rim running and spotting up for threes. That's going to work to me. And I can see Kahani fitting in so well with that, just getting mm -hmm. out and running and catching and dunking. And I hope that happens. And I hope it doesn't change when Juwan comes back. I, I don't think it will. I don't okay. think it will. I, th I think it's a, honestly, I think it's a lost hunter thing. And mm -hmm. now you're like, let's, let's run. Like I got in combo in the ring. Uh, on, I'm saying I have in combo in the fold. So like he can run. You got Namari in the fall. Like you got guys that can rim run now. Like Hunter was not a rim runner. Hunter yeah. was a get down the court. Honestly, credit to Juwan. I wouldn't want to be a team that ran either with Hunter. I want to get in the half court and I want to get him the ball in the post and let him, you know, run sets for him. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a thing that that sticks around even when Juwan comes back. But I guess it would be remain, remains to be seen.
Yeah, I want Kansas. Just uh, anytime that name is mentioned, I just want it known all season long. I want Kansas. I want you. I'm not running from you. I want you. Uh, final, final thing for me, um, just in general, I've been waiting for the right time to say this. I think now is the appropriate time to say it. Uh, the largest mistake that anyone can make when talking about college basketball, and I think we we make this mistake all the time, as do many others, is overreacting to one bad year. I think we have done a good job of saying this before. Great coaches have bad seasons. It happens sometimes. It doesn't always mean that the program is falling apart. And I think truthfully, there is some weight to expectations that weigh good coaches down and weigh teams down. Like, I, it, we're two games in, small sample size, don't overreact. But there's a there's a chance we're seeing that with your program this year. Team ranked mm-hmm. fourth in the country that maybe should have been more like 15-20th, and it's hurting them right now mentally. Michigan, that was last year, preseason everything. They were just not that good, and it hung over their head for two months. Like, that's a thing that matters. And I think you need to be able to separate, like, why did one season suck versus – well, is Jawan Howard out? There's no way anybody wants him here, which was mm-hmm. all I heard all offseason. Or you and me doing this two years ago with Tom Izzo before he signed Xavier Booker of like, well, he's not going to be here. They need to hire Drew Valentine. Like, mm. everyone take a deep breath. Great coaches have bad years. It happens. Yeah. And I'm not even calling Jawan Howard a great coach. But, like, bad seasons, while not okay, do not indicate that a coach is done and needs to be fired. Jawan Howard right now, good example of that. And he's not even on the sideline, but he's built a bunch of momentum forward for now and beyond for a really good team. Wow. That's, that's brave of you to say, Gregory. And I agree. Thank you. While it's easier for me to say that because my point guard is literally Marquis Noel. It's so fun. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, moving on. Speaking of my point guard, who is Marquis Noel? Should I keep the musical at the end of that comp? Do you get what I'm going for with that? Like I, I literally want to call him Marquis Noel, the musical. Uh, this is gonna sound kind of crazy, but like, isn't Doug is better than Marquise Noel? Like, isn't he? Or isn't he gonna be? Or, or isn't is he's gonna be better than Marquise Noel? I love you for saying that. To me, Marquise Noel was the best point guard in the country last year, like bar none. And I, I hope Doug gets there. I think, and if, if I'm projecting what Doug is gonna be, he's gonna be a better player than Marquise Noel. I don't know if he's going to have like a 20 assist game, but like overall, I think he'll be a better player. Would you be so kind as to just allow me about 20 seconds to chug my drink, to chug McDaniel, because you just said that Doug McDaniel will be better than Marquise Noel. Cheers to you, my friend. Yeah, enjoy. That dude's been so fun to watch, man. Can we talk like, about his clip? Everyone, I, 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 I literally think everybody is enjoying watching. Do you have two? Yeah, damn, Skippy, I did, my friend. Uh, (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I want to preview Michigan-St. John's. That's what we're here to do. But um, the moment, though, we we didn't record together since the moment. Mm -hmm. Doug McDaniel catches the ball on the wing. They're up like 12 against whoever the hell they were playing. I don't even remember. And uh, Doug... It was like a transition break. Like it wasn't a half court. He like stopped on a dime in a transition break, went like reverse between his leg with his right foot in front of him, 
And then instead of like backing and resetting, he just went in and out between the same legs seven times and then shook his dude so hard to the baseline, hits the floater over two guys, gets hit before he lands, lands. And then while the commentators are freaking out because this was literally like an and one mixtape move, the camera just zooms in on him backtracking. And he literally, you can see his words. He's staring through the guy who was guarding him soul. This was their backup point guard, mind you. Like, not a good player by any means. This kid, this poor kid was probably terrified. And Doug literally calls him by name, gets his attention. It's like, hey, you, hey, you, you can't fuck with me, boy. Like, <laughs> I've never been happier in my life. I'm sorry this is a family program, but uh, I know you watched that and you were like, shit. I watched that and then realized what my team's current point guard has been doing to start the season. And it, it pained me even more. I just like, no matter what, even if they're bad, I said this before the season, but even if Michigan's bad or good, if Doug's the heart of my team, I can live and die with him. I just can like, I'm willing to go to war watching that dude and have fun doing it. Uh, with that said, this is kind of the meme of the skeleton dude going in the doors. We always bring that up right now. I kind of feel like Michigan's taken some names. And if at the end of the season is my big shining golden goose of Hunter Dickinson in Kansas waiting for me, Rick Patino is one of the first doors we got to open because <laughs> Rick Patino got me. Okay. It was probably the biggest moment of my college basketball watching life. And Rick Patino got me. Rick Patino did it dirty, but Rick Patino got me. And now here's Ricky P early in a season with a St. John's team that looked like shit in their exhibitions. Uh, Michigan going to play St. John's in Madison Square Garden in the Gavit games. This is basically a pick on Michigan is a one and a half point favorite. What's your, your read on this game? Mm, one, we're going to get a MSG Doug McDaniel moment. I think that's it. We're going to get it. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be good. Could be bad, but we're going to get, some type of Doug McDaniel MSG moment. I think he's the type of player who relishes in like playing in Madison Square Garden. If there's certain players that do that, I mean, shit, you pointed out Marquise Noel as his comp. Noel was showing out when they played there in the tournament last year in New York. So, uh, yeah, I, as much as I, the inner hate in me wants St. John's to win this basketball game, I don't think I can say truthfully that St. John's is the better basketball team in Michigan right now. I think Michigan is the better basketball team right now between them and St. John's. And I think that they should win this game. Now, granted it's at MSG. So it's basically a home game for St. John's that does factor in, but it's not a real home game. Uh, but I think Michigan is the better team, which is probably why they are favored. Like you said, and they should win this basketball game. I'm interested to see, do you know if any of the St. John injuries are like still like didn't Dingle sit out? Or hasn't he been out? Dingle was out. I believe he came off the bench in St. John's first game. I would assume he starts this game, but that's me making an assumption that I, okay. I just don't know. He played 20 minutes okay. off the bench, had 13 points on 11 shots in game one. He did? Okay. All right. So they so they got guys kind of back health. I think like St. John's is getting back to full health. Uh, but yeah, I think Michigan is the better basketball team. I think they should win the game. Are you feeling good about it going into this? I'm feeling great about it. I can tell you right now. Um Michigan will be one of my premier plays on the betting stuff I do for tomorrow. I, I I do want to say this. I am towing the line of like, oh, Greg's just being a crazy fan, and I don't like doing that. 
But truthfully, when I think my team is super undervalued, I think I know my team better than a lot of other teams out there. And to start this season, I've been dead on. Like I've I've bet Michigan as the first play of daily picks both days they've had a game and they were covering by halftime. So I I think the right read here is that Michigan is significantly better than St. John's the way they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's the difference to me. St. John's has good players. I don't get the sense that St. John's players are close to being a cohesive good team yet. And I'm I'm making that assumption off of only seeing them like once and a half, but you can read about how their exhibitions and their scrimmages went. Didn't go great. They had like a 20 point lead on Rutgers who looks horrible. And then Rutgers clawed back and uh, went to overtime. Like that's, that's not good. I think if Michigan played Rutgers on a neutral right now, they might win by 20, 25. Like, I, that's just where I'm at. Um, I, and I think the the true reason for that is like, to me, Doug and Terrace have been through it and like are the team right now. And honestly, it sounds crazy to say, but like Terrence Williams is a part of this. I know you saw how well mm-hmm. Terrence Williams shot last game. Like his shot yeah. is for real. And that dude has played a bunch of minutes and gotten a lot better. And it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy to say out loud because I never expected it. But like there's this core of culture guys that have kind of been through small battles that are back and, oh, they complimented them with Olivier Conwa. This St. John's team is brand new. Everybody on the team is new, right? Like it's mm-hmm. Naheem Aline, Ledlam, uh, Dingle. Go up and down the entire roster. This is all portal guys. And they're all individual good players. I'll be curious what happens when they're in a fight. That's all I'm saying. And you've been loud about Rick Pitino's skepticism. Mm-hmm. Rick Pitino's dangerous when he's got the better dogs. I don't think he has the better dogs tomorrow night. Yeah, and also, in for what it's worth, I consider uh, Soriano to be St. John's best player. You give me a front court of Terrace and even probably throwing the combo at him as well, I think he struggles against those guys because those guys are really good defensively. Um, and Soriano might get his, but I don't think he's going to get his easily. He's going to have to earn it for sure against those guys. And like you said, when you have a team full of portal guys, it, you can't expect them to come in and just be gelling right away. It takes time. I'm, I'm trying to think of the team. I, I had some team in my head this year that was a lot of portal guys who just aren't playing well together yet, but I haven't really. It slipped my mind. If it comes back to me, I'll, I'll bring it back up. But I, I don't know. I think that I, I, I have changed my tone on this game, though, I will say, because in my head, I, or at least you've been saying that, like Michigan win or lose this game, like it doesn't change how you kind of feel about Michigan. I think they have to win this game because it's a game they. Sh- I think you should expect to win if you're a good team. Mm-hmm. I think that you can take, you can take something away from this game if they win this basketball game. I think you can firmly say that Michigan is a good basketball team. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think three games in, this game is the one that decides me. I can be like, okay, I know they're good. Uh, I'm not going to say they're bad if they lose, but I need to see more games to confirm if they actually are good. But if they win this one, I'd be ready to say this Michigan basketball team is a good team. Yeah, I want to jump right in and say this. Michigan does need this game. Uh, obviously, your season's not over if you lose the third game of the season in November. That mm-hmm. that goes for every team, every game, whether you're losing to James Madison or somebody worse than James Madison or St. John's. It doesn't matter. Uh, with that said, Michigan needs to shake off 
the stench of the last couple years of like, we're a bubbly team. Right now, everything is going so well. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that if Michigan and St. John's met on a neutral seven times, Michigan should win five to six of them. You got to win this game. And it's a turning point moment if you win this game. If you don't win this game, then you're right back to like, yeah, we're, we're still feeling good, not the end of the world, but we have a lot of work to do. And you're lumped right in with all the other Big Ten teams who are underwhelming and losing all these games and have a lot of work to do. Like the opportunity, the door is wide open because teams like Maryland and Ohio State and Wisconsin and Rutgers have opened the door so loudly that they're just not good. Like Michigan can run through that door and say, oh, shit, we're the third best team in this conference. And mm. that that can happen if they win decisively in Madison Square Garden and Doug McDaniel has some moments. So um, I don't know, man. I could, I'll could i look really foolish if this doesn't happen. I expect that to happen, to be point blank. I, I expect that Michigan should win this game comfortably based on what I've seen thus far this season. If I'm wrong, I'll own it. And uh, maybe I've been duped because Doug probably will. As good as Doug has been, Doug will probably have like a two for 17 game at some point. <laughs> and yeah, I just hope it's uh, not tomorrow. I was actually just going to say for my like prediction, I think Michigan does win the basketball game, but I don't think it'll be like the offensive onslaught that they've had the first couple of games. I think it'll be a little bit more subdued, like what we thought coming into the season, like Michigan will have to win a game defensively. I think that this will be one of those games. You don't think Will Shatter is going to hit four threes? No, I'm sorry. That's not happening again. You don't think Will Cheddar and Olivier Kamwa are going to combine to shoot 14 for 14 from the floor? No, I don't see that. That was fun while it happened. I'm not going to lie. It was. Uh, I Can I do a couple quick predictions? Quick ones? Yes, please. Just quick ones? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> quick ones. Uh, Namari Burnett game. I want to say that I think this is an Amari Burnett game. He was the only guy that didn't get going last game from Michigan's mm-hmm. core starting group. Uh, he looked great in game one. His shots looked really good. Every time I've seen it again in the secret scrimmage stuff, he was leading the team in minutes and shot attempts. Uh, I think this is a game where he, he just plays really well and is really solid and kind of has his moment as a, a key member of this team uh, Two, This is the one thing I'll say I'm truly skeptical of with Michigan. I don't trust their defense right now, Um, which is weird because on paper, they should be a great defensive team. And they've had great moments every game of like, wow, how do you score on this front court? Or like, wow, Doug will get in your shit. They're also pretty complacent. Part of that's that they've gotten up 20 really quickly in both of these games, but like they will take possessions off and they end up leaving guys open. And honestly, Conway and Reed kind of get beat on the boards more than they should for how good they are. So I, uh, I, I think game script wise, I'm the opposite of you. I think this is a game Michigan offense keeps rolling and you were like, wow, the offense is for real, but the defense lets St. John's hang around longer than I would, because this is the first team to me that Michigan's face that has an offense that can hang like D- Dingle's good enough to go toe to toe with Doug when he's cooking and win a basketball game. So I think this will be back and forth, maybe like a, Maybe a close game at half with a high scoring element to it. Fun Madison Square Garden game. And then second half, Michigan pulls away. And you're like, oh, shit, they got that shit to them. That's what I think. Okay. I can see that. Uh, I know that people don't like the live reaction type things. And this isn't a live reaction to a game. And we're going to talk more about this in an episode, I think, coming up this week. But I just want to see your face when I tell you that the opening line for the Champions Classic just came out. And Duke is favored by two and a half points. 
Um, mm, 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 mm. They are really putting me to the test with my Michigan State pick, aren't they? I thought I was going to get like plus seven and a half. No. Now I, now I want to put everything I have on Duke minus two and a half. Yeah, I'll save it for when we do the preview tomorrow. Okay. But um, okay. the teaser. I liked Michigan State a lot more before Duke lost to Arizona. Yeah, them losing back to back. Yeah, I don't. I don't like a pissed off Duke versus a pissed off Michigan. I wanted like complacent Duke against pissed off <laughs> State. Not what I wanted. Uh, hey, let's go to the Gavit games. Like you just alluded to, the Champions Classic is this week, but uh, more important to our circle of the world is the Gavit games. That's Big East. That's Big Ten. Uh, should I say Little Ten, Schmedium Ten? I don't know. We don't even look like we could fit a Schmedium right now. So stinky, stinky uh, Ten. It starts with Michigan St. John's. We just alluded to. We also have Xavier Purdue on Monday. Uh, and then from there, things really heat up. We've got Wisconsin and Providence. We've got Marquette at Illinois. It's a really fun one. Iowa and Creighton. We might get 120 points from one of the teams in that game. Uh, we've got Georgetown Rutgers on Wednesday. And uh, Butler, Michigan State, and Maryland Villanova to close it out on Friday. It's a lot of games. First of all, I just love to run through those games. Uh, it, what's the game you're most looking forward to? Obviously, your team and my team both play. I would say Michigan St. John's is good. Michigan State Butler's boring other than the Pierre Brooks one. Is there a game that doesn't include our two teams that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I think the easy one here for me is Marquette at Illinois. I mean, Marquette having to go into the State Farm Center. Not sure what the status is on Tyler Kolick. I, I know he got hurt at the end of the last game, but I think that's going to be a, that's a massive opportunity as well. We just talked about how that game with Michigan, if they win, it proves they're a good team. There's going to be I'm going to overreact if Illinois beats this Marquette team, even though it's at home and even though it's in November. I think like I'll really be willing to take that jump of the confidence that I have in this Illinois team and them being possibly oh right now I think they're the second best team in the Big Ten. Uh, and if they win this basketball game. I think that's solidified. And then I also would be willing to even go a step further as they're like, they can compete, I think, to win a Big Ten title if yeah. they beat this Marquette team. I think it'll be a very impressive victory. State Farm Center will be rocking for sure. The only thing I wish actually happened was if Georgetown played at uh, at Illinois and we got the return of Jay Neps <laughs> fresh off a loss to Holy Cross. That would have been pretty fun. But uh, yeah, I think the Illinois Marquette game is going to be a really good one. And I hope that you know, Kolick is healthy as well, so that uh, there's no narratives around the game as far as Illinois only won because Kolick was hindered. Yeah, well, touching on the Epps point, uh, I'm willing to concede to Illinois fans that we were wrong in how much we emphasized that we thought Epps mattered and should have stayed. Uh, I still think I like this Illinois roster more if Epps is there and you can make it work. But if you believe, hey, we just couldn't make it work, we couldn't see eye to eye, he would have been hanging over the program in a toxic way. Um, I think we overestimated his on-court impact based on what we've seen from Illinois and now what we've seen from Apps at Georgetown. Uh, still, I don't know what happened to that secret scrimmage. Like, whatever the – can we get the film? It's like the Wilt game where you got to – can we get the film of Apps get yet. 50? Because I'm confused about it. But uh, 
man, I uh, I like this Illinois team too. I think you're right. Right now, I would say alone at number two in the Big Ten. And you know how hard it is for me to say that with my team looking so great right now. But mm-hmm. I still think there's separation in a good way for Illinois, largely because of how good Brad Underwood has been in the conference. Like, I just – I have so much respect for his ability to win a lot of games in the regular season in the big time. Like, he he's going to do that every single year. Um, now, I think that's definitely the best game here, and I think it's a statement opportunity, and quite frankly, a statement opportunity that Illinois should hope to win and that the conference really needs them to win. Outside of that game – I'm pretty scared for everybody that's not Purdue in this conference. Um, Wisconsin's on the road at Providence. Wisconsin kind of hung with Tennessee over the weekend. Do you believe in the Badgers right now or not? I actually do believe in the Badgers. I think that there's no, to me, there's no, I don't know, bad blood or whatever term you want to use that they lost at home to Tennessee because don't connect is a monster. And that Tennessee team is really good. Like they're for real in my eyes. So I don't think it's really necessarily anything to hang their head about. I also think they need a siege back at full health before I like really, really make a judgment on this Wisconsin team. But to me, I think AJ store has been what they need right now, even though he, you know, went seven for 20 and he took 20 shots. Like that's, that's something I think this Wisconsin team needs. Uh, I'm a lot higher on Wisconsin. If we were doing like a segment on what teams have like actually swayed me in the big 10 a lot, uh, Wisconsin would be right up there at the top as far as teams that have swayed me in a more positive direction than I that I had on them coming into the season. Okay. Yeah, I I can't get there with Wisconsin. Here's why. I know Asijin is hurt. My stance all offseason was that Store and Asijin both can't break out at the same time. Injury aside, I still feel very strongly about that. Like Asijin came off the bench in game one for Klesmit. I think that's the plan, regardless of if he's healthy or not. I don't think they trust Asijin defensively. I don't think they're going to play him in store together to start or end games. Um, I don't know. I I don't want to say anything too crazy because like it's young and he is definitely hobbling from his back. But like Asijin's the guy I think you would have prayed broke out. And instead, it looks like his role is really going to be minimized. Is Wisconsin really that much better just replacing Connor Asijin with AJ Store? My answer would be no, they're not. They're the same team as last year with a little more spice to it, with a guy that'll shoot 20 times instead of 12 times. I'm not afraid of that team. I get that Tennessee's really good. Dalton Connect's awesome. That game was not ever in question for one second in my mind. I watched it from start to finish. Uh, Tennessee it got, jumped- it got It got tied in the second half. The end of the first half. Tennessee jumped on them early. <laughs> they were up 10 with 16 minutes left, and it was, I mean, it was coast from there. Like, yeah. And and by the way, the way Wisconsin was trying to come back was like Tyler Wall at the free throw line. Like this, I'm sorry. You're just not, you're not going to sell me on this group of vets being really good for Wisconsin. Um, so I, I don't know. Like that's an interesting one because I think Wisconsin's a better team than Providence. But are you really going on the road to Providence and getting a win? Like right now, I don't trust any Big Ten team on the road anywhere. Like <laughs> I, I, we're talking up like Iowa Creighton offensively, but like, Iowa might get 160 hung on them in this game. I think, yeah, I think Creighton, I think Creighton wins that game by like 20, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm scared for everybody involved in a lot of ways. Like, I guess, can we do the the full-blown prediction? How many games do you think the Big Ten gets in the Gavin games? You have a list of all, like, you want to go, let's go one by one and pick the winners. 
Okay, I'm trying to find a, a concise way. Okay, Xavier, Purdue. Oh, Purdue. Purdue. Michigan, St. John's. Michigan. Michigan. So 2-0 Big Ten at the end of Monday is where you and I are at. Wisconsin, Providence. 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 Marquette, Illinois. I think Illinois gets them at home. I'm going to go Marquette. I'm worried about Illinois given the way their first halves went the last two games. Okay. Kolick is a little banged up, though. And what's the last thing that happened when we saw a banged up Kolick against the Big Ten team? He hyped up a fan base and got them excited. You know what? I just changed my mind. I'm going to Illinois. I, for, <laughs> I forgot Kolick's banged up and what banged up Kolick looks like. I'll take Illinois. That's 3-1 Big Ten. Iowa Creighton. 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 Uh, Georgetown Rutgers. Is that at Georgetown or at Rutgers? At Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers. I, I, I can't imagine the Big Ten actually winning this. That means they got to lose one of these. So I'm going Georgetown. I don't think Rutgers is good at all. Yeah, I don't think Georgetown's good at all either, though. Derek Simpson, Jaden Epps. Who decides the game? If it just comes down to that, you side with Simpson? I'd probably side with Epps. I'm side with Epps. I'm taking Georgetown. Taking Georgetown. Right. Three, three, three in my book. Four, two in Carter's book. Maryland, Villanova, at Villanova. God, I hate that Maryland's been so stinky, man. I want to. I want to pick. It's Villanova. Yeah, Stop no, it. Yeah. You're about to. You're about to pick the Big Ten to win six two in this. After right. talking how bad the Big Ten is. My apologies. <laughs> well, also, where's UConn? Why is UConn not in this event, man? Yeah, are they ducking? Is 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 Cam Spencer ducking? That's wild. Wait, how are they not? I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, Villanova beats Maryland, and then Butler, Michigan State, Pierre Brooks revenge game. I don't care what happens in the game. I cannot have Pierre Brooks have a good game. Michigan State's going to win, but if I could take over under eleven and a half for Pierre Brooks, I would hammer the over. Okay. I also want to know. I don't care if he went for forty. We saw what that man looked like. He got minutes. They gave him a chance, and he was clanky, and he was chunky. I think you guys could really use a chunky shooter on this team, <laughs> like really badly, really horribly badly. We, we uh, he can't. He, he could not shoot last year, man. He was so bad. He was clanking. Yeah, he didn't make shots. I don't like when shooters don't make shots. He is a shooter. He's going to be great at Butler. I think that's a good uh, find your level for Pierre. I think it'll work. Um, okay. So you have, you have five, three, big 10, maybe six, two. If you have Maryland beating Villanova. Yeah. I have four, four, and I feel horrible about that. I don't know how the big Ten's tie as some we're wrong somewhere. Like Marquette's going to beat Illinois. I think that's probably the one we're wrong about. Right. Cause the big East is going to win this event. You think for sure? Yeah. The big Ten's horrendous. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I feel like you have two no brainers. I think that, Creighton for sure beats Iowa and Purdue for sure beats Xavier. So like that's one, one, I think right there, everything else is a little up in the air to me. What I will say is a lot of the teams I think are fraudulent in the big 10 aren't playing in this event. Uh, Ohio state is not in this event. Indiana is not in this event. Northwestern is not in this event. So like I'm, we're talking about like teams that are not as good as we thought, like Illinois, I don't think necessarily is that Michigan certainly isn't that uh, Iowa doesn't really belong in that category. Wisconsin, like you said, even if I'm critical of them, doesn't belong in the cat. Like 
This is this is the good group of Big Ten teams, if there is such a thing right now. Yeah, my Buckeyes, I forgot about them, man. They really they stink. They stink. Yeah, uh, should we should we wrap Gavit Games? Anything else on Gavit Games? Uh I'm just gonna go out on a limb and end this with a take. I think that the Big Ten wins the Gavit Games. Even <laughs> though they stink. Yeah, that's what you just did the last six minutes. Did you need to say that again? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get it out there and in, in sentence okay. form. Just stamp it. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want to put a number on it or not a numbers podcast? They win. We just <laughs> did this exercise. I know, but but we all said different ones. I said yeah, six two, six two. I thought you were just gonna give us a whole new number. I really no, no, no. Six, six two, six two. Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay. I'm sticking with uh, it's a tie. It's a tie, or the Big East wins five three, and somebody loses that shouldn't. That's my answer. To our final segment of the day, uh, we're we're doing four segments today, plus the beginning. Obviously, we'll wrap the show with this. Big Ten concern levels. I'm scared. Uh, emergency red alert. There's five categories that you could uh assign to a team. I want to go team by team here. So I'm using the the tiers of security alerts from the Homeland Security Advisory System. We have five tiers. Low, which is low risk of terrorist attacks. Guarded, which is a general risk of terrorist attacks. Elevated, which is a significant risk of terrorist attacks. High, which is a high risk. And severe, which is severe risk of attack. And it's red. For the record, the scale is green, blue, yellow, orange, red. So you can get a nice little picture of that. Uh, we're not obviously talking about terrorism. Sorry to get a little dark there. We're talking about how bad our Big Ten basketball teams are. Uh, we're going to go team by team here. We're going to exclude a few teams from this exercise. We're going to exclude Purdue because Purdue's great. We're going to exclude Michigan because Michigan looks clearly better than everybody thought. We're going to exclude Penn State. Nebraska and Minnesota because no one expected anything from them. And honestly, some of them might be better than people thought. Cam Christie looked pretty good in the first game. I think everybody else here is fair game to talk about. Illinois too? Illinois, yes. We're going to talk about Illinois. We're not going to talk about Iowa either because Iowa has mostly held surf, in my opinion. Okay. Iowa's fine. Yeah. Everybody else. So that means we we have Illinois, we have Indiana. We have uh, Northwestern, we have Rutgers, we have Michigan State, we have Ohio State, we have Maryland. Those seven teams, let's exclude Wisconsin too. Wisconsin mm-hmm. lost to Tennessee, that's fine. They've looked good. Mm-hmm. So we have half the conference, literally, Carter, half the conference has a concerned state right now. And again, you need to tell me uh scale of one to five, low, guarded, elevated, high, severe. What is the concern level for these five teams, let's start with the Illinois fighting Illini. Illinois still looking like a good team. Was in a dogfight with Oakland for quite a while and was trailing Eastern Illinois for the beginning 10 minutes of that game as well. What is your concern level for Illinois basketball? Low. One. One. I'm still I still feel real good about Illinois basketball. I think. Oakland is better than people thought, including myself. And they're also a little bit gimmicky as far as things they do offensively and defensively. So that's a game they kind of struggle. They might be looking ahead to Marquette as well. So it's a little bit trappy-ish, I think. So I, I, I put it at a one. I'm not that concerned, to be honest with you. 
Okay, so you went low. I'm going guarded, which is tier two. Uh, were they looking ahead to Oakland in the Eastern Illinois game? Is that what happened? I mean, they. I mean, they won that game. By like we're just looking ahead. Game. We're looking ahead every game. Like, yeah, yeah. I, can we see? Can we see them start a game well, and then I'll say low. If they start a game, if they jump on Marquette early, then I'm totally low. But like, okay. you can't. You can't just play two straight bad teams in a row and be down ten minutes into the game. And it's like, what is happening? Yeah. Okay. I guess. Sorry. I'm feeling good Oakland, about my lineup. Oakland was bad, dude. Like. We're not we're not gonna sit here and like hold the torch for Greg Campy's Oakland program right now. That's not a good basketball team. I uh, I I feel like they're making me making me do so. Like I feel like I gotta give them the respect. It's not a good basketball team. The story of both the Illinois and Ohio State game was Illinois and Ohio State being bad. It was not yeah. Oakland be, be being being on this exercise that we're doing right now. It it was bad. Uh but yeah, they they're, they're gonna be fine. Illinois is gonna be good. They're my clean cut decisive vote for the second best team in this conference right now and later. Guarded, <laughs> guarded. Okay. Okay. Uh, Indiana, what's the concern level for Indiana? Five, severe, 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 very, <laughs> very severe. It's very severe. I mean, I, it everything that was said about this team coming in is coming to fruition on the court. It looks clunky. It looks clanky. They came out lazy today at home against Army, like literally lazy. Looked like no one wanted to be there except for Xavier Johnson, who was talking shit down seven at home going up against an Army team that lost to Stonehill by 20. It's just like, it's, I don't know, it's just bad vibes around that program for me. Like, and I, I, I don't see the, the the change in it either because they brought in the backups and that looked clunky as well does even defensively they didn't look that great and then offensively we know the issues they had so uh yeah i'm just i think it's severe i'd be seriously seriously concerned if i'm an indiana fan yeah and i don't think it's just everything you just said like concerns on paper i also think like just from a fun standpoint i don't think indiana fans are going to enjoy watching this team play no, and I think it's early enough to say that. Like it's clunky basketball, but it's also effort basketball. It's also some they, like they, they enjoy stuff. right now. Right now, they enjoy one player on the team, and that's Gabe Cups. And Khalil wears like potential. His flashes have been good. They've been yeah, fun. true. Okay, yeah. I want to give. I'll say this. I want to give Xavier Johnson a ton of credit. I thought he was fantastic tonight, and I think if he didn't show up, Indiana loses this game straight yeah. up. I, I truly believe that. Uh, with that said. Also thought he was going to like come down with a serious injury at some point. He fell and uh, people were literally like Indiana season is over because they're so thin in the backcourt when that happens. Thank God he came back onto the court very quickly after that. But um, there's just a lot of risk involved with this Indiana team in every way based on what Mike Woodson did this offseason. And this may go down, not the victory lap two games. This may go down as my best prediction ever. That's that's fair, right? Like that's on the table here. If this Indiana team is just absolutely horrible. That's like a Mount Rushmore prediction for me. Oh, 100%. That that's okay. no I, I that actually might challenge for one over over Hunter. Or Hunter. <laughs> Hunter was yeah. pretty good. Hunter was pretty yeah. good. Uh okay. Yeah, we'll see. What if uh if Michigan State loses 13 games this year, does that count? If that happens, then we might have to just stop the pod automatically because then if that case you speaking things this giving you a platform to make those things happen, I can I can stop that by stopping this. 
There was, uh, I did have my first, well, second body language PhD moment of the year tonight. I got the the nice little clip of Mike Woodson benched all the starters down eight to Army in this game. Army, who, by the way, is one of the worst teams in the country. I think it was yes. Kai from Three Man Weave called it out correctly. Like, this is one of the 10 worst teams in the country. And killing them, like, on the offensive boards, just, just busting their ass, for lack of a better word. And Mike Woodson benches all the starters, and they cut to a pan down eight of uh, Malik Renault to Kalel Ware to Mackenzie Mbako to Xavier Johnson on the bench, all just, like, nobody sitting within six feet of each other, all so individually mad. And then they cut back, and the Army player airballs a free throw up eight. It's it the funniest oh, it I've ever seen. Uh, body language PhD is back because it's it's not good. It's severe for Indiana. Moving down in this list to the next team that we are concerned about, uh, we'll be quick on this one, Northwestern. They lost Adige. We were questioning how important Adige would be. They are somehow 2-0 and right now, but that Dayton game without Malachi Smith was dangerously close. Uh. Honestly, I still will give this like a two. I'm not like that concerned because it, it's Northwestern. Like, what do we really expect? Like, if we get Boo and then anything else, like, just enjoy watching Boo Booey for another season, Northwestern fans. Enjoy watching your point guard play basketball. Not every fan base enjoys their point guard playing basketball. So just enjoy the fact that you have a really good one and just vibe. Just, just vibe out. So you're saying this would be like vacationing in Charleston, South Carolina during hurricane season? Like, you got to know what to expect. Yeah, like yeah, just just go with it. Yeah, I once booked a vacation in Charleston, South Carolina during hurricane season. By the way, safe to say we did not go and we did not get our deposit back. Um, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. It was really brutal times. Also, uh, the couple we were supposed to go with on that trip is now having their own hurricane of sorts, or had their own hurricane of sorts. So you could say like was wasn't good vibes of that trip. Kind of glad it didn't happen. Uh. Can you use the words for this exercise, by the way? Low, guarded, elevated, high, severe. Can you yeah, lose, sorry. use the words? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. You mentioned this is a flu game. I don't think you understand. I, I can feel like tears forming in my eyes, but like not on the eyeball part, like beneath the surface. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give Northwestern elevated. You gave them guarded. I'm going to give them elevated, which is tier three, because uh, I think the realization is quickly setting in that they're still Northwestern and that boo can only do so much. Uh, Last year was kind of year of destiny and all things clicked. And I think they're Dayton like that, that Dayton loss would have been so bad if they lost that game. Credit to them for not, but it's scary. They're even in that position Uh, down the list to Rutgers. What is the concern level for Rutgers? Severe. Highest you can go? The highest you can go. They look bad. They look bad and it hurts me to say it. They look bad straight up. Yeah, they they look really bad. Um, Makes us sad because I think we were pretty excited about this Rutgers team. I think one of the louder misses we might have had this offseason based on early returns is Derek Simpson. Uh, Not looking the part at all. I don't know how much to blame him versus to blame Steve Peichel offenses. I don't know. I just don't know. I Honestly, I think it's on him. He's only playing 19 minutes a game, which is crazy. Gavin Griffiths looks legit. Uh, he leads this team in scoring 14 and a half right now. He's shooting 33% from three, 58% from the floor. So there's there's something there from the goggled Griffiths. But I will, uh, I'll go one tier below you. I'm going to go high, not severe. Close to severe. One more loss away from severe. Next up, 
your own Michigan State Spartans. I'll go. Let me I'll go. go gar- Let me go. Garden. I'll go oh, Garden. Oh, come on. What? That's ridiculous. That's number two, right? Yeah, so you're you're not very worried about Michigan State basketball. I'm somewhat worried. Guarded is a ridiculous answer. Okay, well, what's your answer? It's my answer. What's your answer? Severe. Severe? Severe. This team looks nothing like we hoped they would be. Yeah, but what about the fact that they could they could it could change? But that's like it's it's the realization setting in that every reason we liked Michigan State to make a jump was something new they were adding to the team, and it's not the players that return. And the players that return have very real flaws that have been in existence their whole careers. And spoiler alert, none of the guys on this team made a Terrence Williams-level jump this offseason. Like, that's... It's crazy. You had to pick, you had to pick Terrence Williams. Well, it's just you? it's crazy, dog. It's crazy. Like these Malik Hall and AJ Hogarth haven't gotten better at all at anything. That's, yeah, that is crazy. It's not it's good. A damn, it's a it's a damn shame. Or Mati Sissoko, or so far Jade Naked. Like who did anybody get better this summer on Michigan State? So far, no. Tyson. <laughs> and he, I think Tyson looks the same. He just needs to do more because he realizes Joey isn't here. So like. Yeah. I just I don't know, man. I it's gonna come down to Izzo, and I'm not betting against Izzo. I said I'll never bet against Tom Izzo again in my life. I'm still not gonna do that. I think Tom Izzo figures this out. I like Michigan State to beat Duke. I really do, but it's gotta be severe, man. The shooting concerns are for real. Like this is historically bad through two games. We can't act like that's not a real concern. Yeah, but I, at the same time, like I, I mentioned it, like the Jay Nakin shots are gonna fall. But I'm it's not, the, it's concerned. the volume. It's not the shots. He's not getting shots. Right. I'm that I'm more concerned about that than the actual yeah. percentage. Me too. But I think that's the concern and that's why it's severe. Is like defenses have already realized they don't need to guard anybody but Tyson and Jaden at all. So like yeah. you, you you take away attempts from those two this is the worst shooting team in the Big 10. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, severe just seems like a little much. <laughs> it's it's in between severe and guarded, at least, man. Yeah, like like what? It's a little blip on the radar. We're not worried at all. You let gave up cope. a 12-0 run to Southern just, Indiana. Just let me cope, please. All right, your your tweets after games are seeming a lot more than guarded. Uh, two more teams left on the concern level: Ohio State, your Buckeyes. Elevated. Great word usage. That now you're playing the game. I, yeah, I think I go to. I think I go to elevated. Uh, I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I don't know. I, even in these losses, are you still like saying to yourself, there isn't something there with this Ohio State team? Yeah. Wait, yep. like yes, yes, you are. Like you, yes. you think there's something is there? No, yes, yes. Oh. I'm saying to myself, there's nothing there. Uh, okay, I, I can't, I can't fully say that, and it might be my Buckeye bias kicking in, but I can't say that yet. Here's the moment that I officially became out on this team when they played through Evan Mahaffey down six with a minute and a half left to Texas A&M. That's what happened. They got the ball to Evan Mahaffey and said, "Get out of the way." I'm out. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Thornton is not who we hoped he was. I'll start there. I think, I think maybe that changes. Maybe by the end of the year, he's totally different. Bruce Thornton has a lot of sense about isms to him right now. He cares about getting his points. 
That's what Bryce Bruce Thornton cares about. And I don't think which is, it's which the best is crazy player. to me because he just did not strike me as that type of dude last year. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just because we weren't paying attention because we were paying attention to Bryce, but he just did not strike me as that type of dude. He's a good player for sure. Uh, I'm by the way, I'm on the fly. I wish I would have just done this. He's officially Bryce Thornton until he earns Bruce Thornton back. If he's gonna <laughs> if he's gonna not guard and just shoot every time down and get empty numbers, he's Bryce Thornton. Maybe he can change back into Bruce Thornton. We'll see. Final concern team, the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, this team was supposed to win this little event this weekend. Uh, whatever what was the Asheville something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asheville championship. They played Davidson. Then they played UAB because they couldn't get to the championship game against Clemson. They went and two in two games in the Asheville championship. They were predicted to win. Uh, what is your concern level for the Terps? Uh, I think I go elevated on the Terps. Uh, but in my head, this is the path that I see for the Terps. They are playing the way they are right now. I, honestly, they're having a little bit of a, a Michigan State like vets young guys thing kind of going on. Like I think Dante Scott hasn't been good. Like I, a lot of what I said about Maryland being good was Dante Scott finally stopping the decline that has happened literally every single year that he's been at Maryland. That seems to be continuing. Um, but at the same time, I see like Deshaun Harris Smith having that like Malachi Branham turn the corner moment. It's just like when does that happen? Uh, as far as like him just finally taking that jump and being the player that everybody thinks he is. I think it's going to come. Uh, it's just like, is it going to come soon or is it just going to come like by big 10 play? Uh, so I think I'll go elevated with the, with the Terps. I'm going to stick elevated as well. We agree to end this exercise. Uh, this is one tier lower. I don't remember if I said it one tier lower than I would have had Ohio state. I'm more concerned about Ohio state than I am Maryland with that said, couple things Deshaun Harris Smith is extremely left-hand dominant I did not realize yeah, that about him. I didn't realize I didn't realize that either until I watched the last game he has nothing going right at all like he I'm telling you it's a it, it's a turnover if he tries to put it on the floor to his right immediately that can't bode well like at all and I don't think that's something he adds mid-season either like if he doesn't have that till now as kind of just going to be who he is. I think that's going to limit what he can do, to be honest. They went to him, the final possession. They were down three tonight. They went to him instead of Jameer Young. And part of that was the way uh, UAB guarded it. Like, Jameer made the unselfish play, kicked up, and then it was just kind of like, Deshaun's going to shoot a step back three, and if he hits it, we win. He airballed. I don't think he's as good as I hoped he would be right away. I still think he can click. But, man, the thing with Maryland that applies to almost every team we just talked about to me is that the core of their team is vets from teams that haven't been that good. Are we, we're really looking at Julian Reese and Dante Scott. And you're telling me that's a great front court. At what point in their careers have they ever been a great front court? And you can apply that to Wisconsin's whole team. You can apply that to Ohio state's whole team. You can apply that to Michigan state's whole team. All these teams, everybody told me was going to take a jump have been bad teams, their whole careers. And all the players are back and now they're good teams. Why? Why are they good teams? They're not good teams. No, none of these teams are good teams. They're the guys we've seen for three years. So uh, give me, yeah, give me elevated for Maryland until we see uh, something from Deshaun Harris Smith. It still could happen, but I'm skeptical. And uh, to put a bow on this, do the same thing, but for the entire conference as a whole, Carter, what's your concern level for the entire conference as a whole? Severe. It's severe. This is the worst I've ever seen the big time. 
Yeah, this is bad. After talking about, especially coming into the season, everyone's like, oh, Big Ten's going to be so good this year. Like, bounce back here for the Big Ten. This is the worst I've seen it in a long, long time. There's a lot of – there's a long ways to go, and it can change. But right now, it is not pretty for the Big Ten. We are not doing ourselves any favors as fans or as anything as a conference right now. In hindsight, we should have known when – Inside the hall and UM hoops had Zed Key ninth in the conference. <laughs> that that's the moment that, we should have. That that was that was the Roman Empire for us. We should have known. Yeah. Also, I'm hitting the fan portal. I just want that known right now. I've officially put my name in. I'm considering staying, but my name's in the portal. And the early leader so far is the Pac-12 before the season ends. So. Uh, the Pac-12 in its last season. Yeah, that feels right for me. Just a one-and-done type thing, like grad transfer type year, pull my Caleb Love and see what happens, get some petty IGs thrown out as well. Everything looks good. One big thing presented by Bigby. Wrap the show for us. What do you got tonight? Uh, My one big thing is playing your game and knowing yourself. Uh, I didn't play my game last night, uh, and I'm paying for it right now. So whether it's doing whatever you're doing in life, just make sure to stay within yourself and play your game. It's not always great to go out there and do something that you can't do. I am going to take that advice to heart when we play one-on-one in Chicago for the credential this week. I'm not going to try anything I'm incapable of. I want to give you credit because that was a Jordan-esque flu game, by the way. When you told me the state you were in, I was a little worried what it would look like on camera. I thought you were fantastic tonight, so cheers. Kudos to you. I want to drink to you for just a second. My one big thing is this. If you're someone that says that a certain type of water is better than a different type of water, never talk to me again. What do you mean? Water's water. Okay. This, I mean, I. this is just fitting for you. Water's water. We're not doing like, oh, th- this water tastes so much better than this. It's water. Water. You don't water. have a water. You walk into a, a gas station. You don't have a water preference. Everyone has a preference, but my preference is more on the shape of the bottle or the color of the wrapping than it is like, ooh, this tastes okay. – it's water. It's pause. all water. Um, Come on now, bro. No. What is absolutely – We just paused the shape of the bottle? I, I don't I don't like the, uh, the the infliction, the infliction on that. I didn't like it. So I, I don't know. It came to me. I'm sorry. My brain's not in the right place right now. But we're not going to go off on a tangent about this, but there is 100% like better taste. Like I'm not drinking Dasani. Water is water. (laughs) I will die of thirst before I drink Dasani or Aquafina. Yeah, that's just high maintenance. That's all. That's just normal. No, that's just normal. No, it's high maintenance. Just drink water because water is water. Water tastes like water. Does water out the sink and water out the Brita taste the same? No, because there's a filter that takes things out of the water. Bottled water is water. (laughs) Okay. I want better for you. That's the show. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great night, everybody.